In today's episode, eBay adds some features, Etsy ticks off some sellers, and I recap a pretty amazing July. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Reseller Talk podcast here at Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips. If you're new here, my name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the Batcave. And this channel, it's all about the flip life. We have got a massive news update this week. When I started compiling these a few days ago, it didn't look like there was going to be much. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of stuff. So we got a bunch of stuff to go over there. I'll recap a handful of things that we sold here at the Galaxy last week. And we'll recap the month that was July. So I've got my uh, cup of coffee here. I hope you have yours wherever you're at. And let's get into... News updates. The reselling news. So first up, this was reported over on iLounge. And as always, I will link to these eventually in the show notes and the video description below if you want to go back and read these later. Uh, eBay, the desktop version now supports Apple Pay. One of the reasons, besides the cash grab, <laughs> uh, that eBay went to the managed payment system and got rid of PayPal was so that they could provide buyers with additional ways to pay, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and so on uh, among them. For the longest time, Apple Pay was not available on desktop. They have now added that feature to the desktop version. So eBay desktop users can now pay for items they wish to buy using their Apple Pay account. Safari has brought the eBay desktop version up to speed in terms of Apple Pay support. Previously, the payment option the payment platform um, may be used on eBay's mobile app, but now you can use it on the desktop as well. Uh, it says eBay purchases on the Apple Pay platform will be subject to the 2% cash back in its rewards program. So if you're an Apple Pay user uh, and an eBay shopper, good news for you. I would be curious, I don't know how many people actually still use the desktop version to shop. I'd be curious what the percentage is. I'll have to do some research uh, to see how many people actually still use desktop versus mobile. Uh, but this is still, any additional features are good to have. Uh, eBay looks to cash in on the trading cards boom. They have added, again, some additional features for trading cards. Uh, collectors are paying record amounts, as we've talked about on this show previously record amounts of money for trading cards of top athletes, including LeBron James, Tom Brady, Mike Trout. They're also trying to get their hands on all the Pokemon cards they can. The online auction giant eBay is looking for an even bigger piece of that action. They have unveiled new tools on their site late last week, which includes um, the ability to quickly scan these cards uh, when you're listing, which we've talked about previously. These new features... Uh, which we'll get into a, in a little more depth here in a few minutes, will make it easier for you to track the value of individual cards and then list them as well if you choose to sell them. Uh, the general manager of trading cards and collectibles at eBay, Nicole Colombo, said the tools make it less cumbersome and more transparent and streamlined. The sports trading card market alone is worth more than $5 
billion dollars, according to various industry group estimates. Just an enormous business. If you follow Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk at all, he's been talking about, I almost feel like he set this thing up almost single-handedly, um, a coming boom in sports cards for several years now. He's been all in on card collecting. So this has been brewing for a while, but it is huge business right now. Uh, Colombo noted that some top basketball cards are trading for more than $100,000, including a rookie card of the late Kobe Bryant. The majority of our trading cards growth is coming from basketball, which I've found actually quite surprising. Basketball, NBA, typically is kind of on the lower tier of the professional sports. Um, NFL football, of course, is the 800-pound gorilla, but uh, baseball has always been bigger. So for basketball cards to be kind of the big growth area in trading cards was a surprise to me. Buying and selling trading cards is a giant business for eBay. Gross merchandise volume topped the $1 billion mark in the first quarter alone, and the number of buyers on the platform doubled, she said. Uh, gross merchandise value of trading cards sold on eBay last year was up 142%, and the momentum is continuing this year. She said eBay had 20 million new listings for trading cards in the first quarter, selling 139 cards a minute. Uh, that's, that's a lot of cards. Um, the recent NBA MVP, uh, Giannis the Greek Freak, has rookie cards that are now selling for up to $7,000. So dig back if you've got cards going back. I think he was drafted in 2013. You got some old basketball cards hiding in the basement or in the attic. Uh, check those out. Uh, Dapper Labs, the owner of popular NBA Top Shot, recently raised a round of funding that valued the company at $2.6 billion. Uh, digital trading cards are increasingly popular with collectors because they often contain video highlights and other content as opposed to just a static photo. These NFTs as they are, uh, eBay is working on uh, setting up to be able to do those as well. Uh, they are dipping their toe into these digital cards and NFTs, and that business is growing fast, but they say it's too soon to share concrete numbers. Uh, eBay is the home for all collectibles, but we, we believe we will see strength in physical cardboard cards, she concluded. So uh, let me know if you're a trading card seller and how business has been. It seems like it has been booming for everyone. More features over on eBay. They have added select Samsung Galaxy products to their refurbished program. We have talked on several occasions on this show about eBay's push for their certified refurbished. They're working directly with manufacturers to add refurbished goods to their platform. Uh, you can now shop Samsung products like the Galaxy S20 Ultra as part of eBay's certified refurbished program. All at up to 50% off of the new price. Uh, this took place last week on the 29th of July. Uh, eBay announced Samsung Electronics America to its expanding cohort of certified refurbished sellers and launches a selection of Galaxy Mobile products direct from the brand at up to 50% off value, of course. And sustainability-minded shoppers can now access select Samsung Galaxy products at ebay.com slash Samsung Direct all of which are like new and backed by an industry-leading two-year all-state warranty. So again, uh, like we talked about over the last several episodes, a, a vendor, a manufacturer getting into, obviously they've sold refurbished goods 
for years, but now they're getting into it in a big way on a platform that us traditional resellers use. So it's just one more layer of competition. Since its launch last year, our certified refurbished program set a new standard for buying and selling professionally restored inventory, said Sarah Sternow, GM of Certified Refurbished at eBay. Introducing Samsung offerings to the program brings shoppers exceptional value on popular tech while demonstrating that eBay is the ultimate partner and sales channel for top brands with refurbished inventory. So uh, if you're looking for a, a good deal on a Samsung phone, you might check that out. Uh, but again, just a little bit more competition. eBay also announced last week some improvements and new features for eBay store subscribers. They want to enhance that experience. We've talked about that previously. They want to grow their store subscriber base and do a little more with stores and allow you as a seller to do a little bit more with your store. They have added a new look to the edit store page. It now provides a new modern and simplified experience that will work in conjunction with more enhancements that will be coming in the future. They mentioned that two or three times, I think, <laughs> uh, in this article that there is more in the pipeline for store subscribers. They have redesigned the store category section, introduced a new store categories experience. The new store categories page helps reduce the time to create and manage your store categories by allowing you to view and manage all store categories on a single page. Adding categories to your eBay store helps buyers more easily navigate all your listings within your eBay store. They have also updated the store newsletter. We're excited to share a significant upgrade to the store newsletters. We've made it easier to communicate with buyers that subscribe to your store. You can now create a newsletter to welcome subscribers or to showcase new products. You can build a community of repeat customers by telling your subscribers about promotions or recently added listings. So that you should have seen in the uh, eBay community section. Again, I will link to all this if you haven't seen that. Do any of you send newsletters? If you're catching this live, you can let me know in the chat. If you're watching it later, you can comment or you can shoot me an email if you're listening to the actual podcast over at uh, galaxycds at gmail.com. Do any of you use the newsletter? Have you ever sent them out? Uh, do you get any bites on that? Is there any any activity that comes from that? I, I personally do not. Actually, I've never sent a newsletter. Although for the longest time, I really wasn't using the store. I only had a handful of followers. So um, we just want to send out a couple of quick thank yous for joining us this morning. Jennifer R., Prenny's Prized Possessions, Rebel Junk. Aaron, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you guys coming out to uh, catch this live. Continuing on with eBay, uh, we talked a little bit about this a few minutes ago. Buy, sell, and manage your trading cards with two new features. Uh, with 18 million trading cards sold in Q1, eBay connects more trading card buyers and sellers because we offer multiple ways to sell and easy-to-use inventory management features and tools launching in beta on android desktop and in the latest version of the app in the apple app store say that three times fast uh, we're introducing two new innovations that will help you accurately value your trading card inventory and get the best prices price guide and collection you can access the most recent trading card sales data with the new price guide powered by eBay's incredible breadth of data. And this goes back again, kind of to all the requests for item specifics. 
they talk about that it's for the customer experience to allow them to have better, more accurate options for search, but it is essentially a big data grab. eBay wants all of that information so that they can, in theory at least, mine it and give you tools like this. So I know we squawk about all the item specific stuff, but in the end, if it helps create tools that make our job easier, it's probably worth it in the long run. The price guide shows the most accurate reflection of your trading card's current value on our site based on verified transactions on eBay during the previous 12 months. You can track trends, filter results for your queries with refined results or get broader results for market research and browsing with extended results. For sellers, the price guide can help you make the best informed pricing decisions with the most recent trading card sales data so that you can get the best prices for your collection. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see on the screen that they show kind of what the what it looks like on your phone. So if you go in to use that, uh, you can know your portfolio's past, present, and potential future value with the new collection. Curious about the estimated value of a card in your collection that you're thinking about selling? Collection is integrated with price guide data so that you have all the tools you need to power your trading all in one place. You can engage with your collection in a multitude of ways. You can see the value of your portfolio at a high level or view a specific asset class like Pokemon or basketball. You can drill down to see the value of individual cards. This was designed for in-app usage. You can list directly from collection, making the listing process faster and easier, which is really cool. No jumping around. You can do it right from there. And on the desktop, you can upload up to a thousand items using the .csv upload template, making it easy to upload your entire collection. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see they show kind of an example of what that looks like on your phone. Uh, raise your selling game with more exclusive eBay features. Additional eBay tools and features are available to help you improve your selling efficiency, lower your costs, and protect you from fraudulent returns, such as wrong inventory, counterfeit products, and damages. We've talked about that over the last couple of episodes. They've made significant changes to the return and the bidding policy on trading cards to make it to offer sellers a little bit more protection. Um, they've made listing easier too. You can list trading cards up to 50% faster with their image detection tool. And of course, shipping with the eBay standard envelope offers you a lower cost way to ship cards sold for under $20 with not USPS tracking, but at least some kind of tracking supported. So, uh, tons going on over there on eBay for trading cards. Last thing for eBay, uh, today is the first day of eBay open online. It goes live, I think at noon Pacific time today. So in a few hours here, um, bunch of stuff going on over there. Registrations as of yesterday, at least were still open. So if you're interested in participating, they will have breakouts led by other sellers, by eBay executives and more. Go check that out. It runs Wednesday through Friday. You can sign up at ebay.com backslash open. Moving on, uh, Poshmark continues to expand internationally. This is something that they have talked about extensively. They announced an India expansion as part of their continued focus on new market opportunities. Uh, Poshmark Inc., a leading social marketplace for new 
and secondhand style for women, men, kids, pets, home, and more. Today announced plans to bring its simple, social, and sustainable shopping experience to India, the second most populous country in the world and one of the fastest growing e-commerce markets. By the end of this quarter, consumers in India will be able to join Poshmark's thriving community of millions of sellers in the U.S., Canada, and Australia to make money, save money, find human connection, and fuel entrepreneurship. I, I would think from the sounds of this, they just essentially took Poshmark's press release <laughs> uh, and published it because that's really fluffy. Uh, the Indian market has over 622 million active internet users and a rapidly growing base of sustainability and value conscious consumers, again, particularly Gen Z and millennials. Um, having roots deeply embedded in India, I am delighted to be bringing Poshmark to my home country, said Manish Chandra, founder and CEO of Poshmark. India is an ideal fit for our unique social commerce model, both from a cultural and business perspective. India thrives in togetherness and the country's dynamic, youthful, and inherently social culture aligns with the core value proposition of our company and community. At the same time, the market opportunity is massive and growing as people increasingly turn to e-commerce while seeking a more socially connected and sustainable experience. We look forward to empowering Indians of all ages and backgrounds to join us in an entirely new way to shop. So for all of the kind of fluffy part, this is potentially big, big money for Poshmark, adding a market of that size, particularly with everything going on with the kind of resurgence of COVID, particularly in India, e-commerce should continue to grow at a pretty substantial rate, I would think, over there. Now to some not so good news. Uh, e-commerce Bytes is reporting that uh, Etsy sellers are not happy at all with Etsy's new top seller program. If you are a seller on Etsy, you can let us know in the comments or in the chat what you think of that program. It was recently rolled out. I think we talked about it maybe about a month ago. Uh, but they say sellers are taking to the Etsy forums to express their concerns about a new top seller program called Etsy Star Seller. With the new program, Etsy will determine whether a, a seller qualifies as a star seller based on their response rate to buyer's first message, shipping with tracking within a stated handling processing time, digital orders, of course, excluded, and five-star ratings. We talked about this a couple of months ago where they were going to start requiring tracking for all shipments over on Etsy and sellers were already kind of squawking about it. Now it's tied to this star seller program. Uh, sellers must also meet certain minimum criteria, including having at least 10 orders and $300 worth of sales within a three month review period. One seller in particular chain of beauty who is an analyst who has researched the program and evaluated other programs like it over the last 25 years called the new program, quote, poorly designed. And he said he hoped Etsy would reconsider its decision to launch it. It is a, it's clear to me that in designing the system, Etsy did not employ statisticians or research scientists. For example, he said not all delivery methods generate a tracking number and not all products are worth tracking. I'm not, you can let me know what you think of that. I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't, I wouldn't want to send a product out without tracking, even if it wasn't required, just to 
kind of protect myself from an item not received claim. So uh, let me know what you think of that. I, I personally disagree with that. I would want to send everything out with tracking, even if it's a five or $10 item. Uh, they go on to say, well, this is a good in indicator that any particular product will be delivered. You cannot use the absence of a tracking number to indicate that the product will not be shipped or shipped on time. Another problem he pointed out was, or she, I guess it doesn't really say how Etsy measured sellers responsiveness to buyers. Replying to buyers messages about a product will demonstrate the seller's responsiveness to buyers. It's a good metric. However, for it to be used, you would have to separate messages that merit a response versus those that do not. If you can't do that, they say, then you cannot use this metric by applying it to all messages without differentiating those needing a response from those that don't, the measure is not valid. This is also a situation over on Mercari. They don't really, I don't think they score you on it. They don't grade you on it. But if you go into your seller dashboard on Mercari, there is a metric for response rate to buyer questions. Mine at any given time is about 91%. And the reason for that is there are messages that just don't require a response. If I send a message, for instance, I have eBay branded boxes and sometimes that's the best size box to ship something. So I will send a message to the buyer to say, Hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. This thing is going to come in a box with another company's brand logo on it. Just so you don't think it's a misshipment or something wrong and you accidentally refuse it. Just know it's coming like that. And they'll send a message back that says, thanks for the heads up. Mercari actually expects you to respond to that message. Well, there's no point. <laughs> uh, they're just saying, thanks for the heads up. I don't need to, if I respond to that, then you get into this whole back and forth or you're sending, you're just wasting time sending messages to clear that metric. So I definitely understand the point here. Uh, he provided additional examples of why I believe the program doesn't accomplish what it set out to do. And his post resonated with other sellers who discussed it on the auction bites blog. So I don't know if there's a, uh, there is a link there in this article. So you can go check that conversation out. I would expect, they said that this system will eventually affect search ranking, which is probably true and be a search filter yet to judge sellers based on invalid and unreliable process and then hurt their sales potential based on the results is both unconscionable and unethical. That might be a little strong, but uh, it's certainly problematic at the very least. Uh, Etsy did provide sellers with an opportunity to ask questions about the new program on a thread on their discussion boards, which generated uh, nearly 4,000 replies. Etsy says they will answer as many questions as possible on Friday, August 6th, 5, 5 p.m. So go check that out and, and let me know what you think if you're an Etsy seller. But man, they seem to be all up in arms over there. Uh, we talked at the beginning of this about eBay going to managed payments and breaking away from PayPal. PayPal builds services as eBay breaks away. The digital payments company said its second quarter net income slumped as it took a bigger blow than expected from ripping off the eBay Band-Aid. Uh, PayPal is aggressively adding new features for merchants like in-store services to shore up their profits as its historic online marketplace partner eBay breaks away from the tie. PayPal has, of course, known for years that eBay planned to break away, and now the divorce is finally happening. It is 
essentially all but done at this point. PayPal reported Wednesday that second quarter net revenue shot up 19% to $6.24 billion over the period. Um, largely thanked, of course, to pandemic-driven online spending, but its net income for the quarter fell 23% to $1.18 billion. That's still, <laughs> uh, that's a lot of scratch. Uh, the impact of, quote-unquote, again, ripping off the eBay Band-Aid was greater than previously expected, Cowan Research Analyst George Mahalos said in a report regarding PayPal's second quarter results. Nonetheless, he noted that their underlying business strength was good. Headwinds from the eBay split will peak in the current quarter and then begin to dissipate, the company's executives told analysts on a conference call. Q3 will be the height of eBay pressure, CEO Dan Schulman said. PayPal executives are focused on rolling out new in-store products to complement their digital services. So they're trying to get into the kind of the brick and mortar. Um, I would assume if you have a flea market booth or anything like that, you can take advantage of some of these new offerings from PayPal. Uh, the company recently introduced its Zettle point of sale system in the U.S. market. They are moving aggressively into that in-store arena while acknowledging it is going to be a multi-year project. Other service features PayPal executives touted in a list of service benefits for merchants include buy now, pay later options, QR code technology, crypto payment resources, which they recently announced, and additional fraud prevention. In the meantime, and this is something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the company has said it will raise fees for merchants. Now you get to the heart of the matter. <laughs> uh, they only made $1.18 billion, so they're going to raise their fees. Um, you can go back and look at the previous episode where I kind of recap all the fees. They're not all going up. There are a couple that we're actually dropping, but by and large, everything is going up by a fairly substantial amount. Again, if you are selling primarily on eBay or a platform that doesn't really use PayPal anymore, it's okay. But if you, if you use their service directly for the sale of goods or through somebody like Bonanza, um, you're going to be paying more. I think that goes into effect later this month. So they did say it was the first time in years that they had re raised their fees and that the pricing boost was overdue. You can let me know <laughs> what you think about that, but uh, there you go. Um, stock market last week. Amazon plunged, dragged down eBay, Etsy, and Wayfair as investors fret over slowing growth. I talked about this also, man, several months ago, where eventually the, the pandemic-led growth, which was stratospheric, was going to start to fade. And these companies, while they were going to continue to grow, would not grow at the same rate. And that was going to put pressure on their prices. And we're finally starting to see the effect of that. The five most valuable U.S. tech companies all reported earnings this week. Some of them will report this current week, I think Etsy reports later today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Amazon was really the only one that delivered what they called, quote unquote, disappointing results. They had their biggest share drop in a year on Friday, and that dragged down. The other ones, Etsy, eBay, and Wayfair, each fell more than 7%. All of those drops wiped out about $75 billion in market value. Amazon said revenue growth slowed in the second quarter from 27 to 27% from 41% a year earlier. 27% growth is still just remarkable 
growth. So I'm surprised that people are really getting their shorts in a bunch about that. I mean, that's still a big, big number. Uh, the company, of course, as they said, got a boost from stay-at-home orders during the pandemic. Amazon's finance chief told analysts that more vacations and social gatherings are on the horizon and that there will be things that probably people shied away from last year, and that's all good. So they're trying to put, obviously, a, a good spin on it, uh, but it has put pressure on their growth and their stock price. And lastly, in the news, and I'm not going to go over this in any depth, but I will link to it below, a really good article over on TheVerge.com, The Teen Tycoons of Depop. And they interview a bunch of kind of younger, sub-25-year-old sellers who sell over on Depop, and they kind of share their stories about how they got started and what they're doing to be successful over on Depop. So, again, I'm not going to go into any depth on this podcast about it, but I will link to it below. It's an interesting read, if nothing else, uh, The Teen Tycoons of Depop. So very, very cool. Let's get into somewhat sold over on eBay action. So if you're following me, over on Instagram, shameless plug, at Galaxy CDs Rocks. You may have seen this post. I put up this sold thing. It's a amazing stories from February 1962 that I sold for $9.59. And I put in the caption, everyone is always sharing their big dollar sales. Meanwhile, I'm over here cranking out dozens of smalls. There's many ways to make that scratch. And that has been the most liked, most viewed post I have ever <laughs> put uh, on Instagram. And I shared it for two reasons. Number one, for new resellers who might be coming in and just kind of seeing this stuff for the first time, there's you can get caught in the trap that every sale should be $50, $100, $500. And that's really, it's just not the reality of resale. There's a lot of stuff that you're going to buy and sell that is pretty cheap. As, as you'll see, as we go through kind of this, what sold recap, I had, a, I had a pretty good week last week. I did over $1,300 net profit after everything taken out was just short of $700. And I didn't have a single transaction last week over $40. <laughs> uh, so no big hits, but as I said here, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I still made relatively decent money and you can make really relatively decent money with small volume sales. So don't necessarily shy away. I mean, the big ones are of course a lot more fun. If you can buy something for 10 bucks and flip it for a hundred or 500, that's great. But in the case of this little magazine, I own this thing for like 44 cents all in. I probably made six bucks, maybe 650 on it. Not great, but I sold 120 odd items last week, all at those kind of numbers. And it all added up to being a reasonably productive week. So don't, don't shy away from those kind of things and don't have the expectation that everything you sell is going to be a home run. These, I think I said in the, in the comments of that post, you know, the bunt singles add up eventually as well. So don't hesitate to take those. 
Here's another one. <laughs> uh, Harvard University Scholarship Award Certificate from 1917. This was in a big lot of books, just stuck in a book. And it is actually a, just what it says. It's a scholarship award letter that was granted to whoever this person was from Harvard University back in the early 1900s. I didn't really see anything like it over on eBay, but I went ahead and put it up anyway for $16.99 plus customer paid shipping and somebody bought it. I own it essentially for nothing. It was just stuck in a book. So, you know, you take out the fees, they paid shipping. I mean, it's a pretty nice, probably $15 net profit when all is said and done uh, for something that I don't have any money in. So don't, don't hesitate to list kind of that random goofy stuff. Mercari, as we'll get into uh, in the monthly business recap here in a few minutes, Mercari was really strong last month, relatively speaking. Uh, here is a book that I had just picked up about a week ago, the from 1947, A Woman's Home Companion Cookbook from Dorothy Kirk. This was a Collier illustrated hardcover, had full color photos in it. It was a fairly nice book. It did have some discoloration and some staining on the front of it. There were others out there from different years. I priced mine kind of right in the middle at 20 bucks with free shipping. I own this for a dollar. So again, not a massive flip, but one of those that accumulates with all the others and turns into a pretty good week. This was a little bit better. I own this set of illustrated medical and health encyclopedias. It was four books, eight volumes from 1966. I own it for a dollar a book, so $4 total. This went also on Mercari for $30 with free shipping. Shipping was a little expensive on this. I can't remember exactly what it was. I want to say it was like 12 bucks because uh, these books were fairly heavy, but it's still for a $4 investment ended up being reasonably profitable. More of those darn Doctor Who DVDs. They continue to do really well. This was, I had a customer that reached out on eBay. He had found three individual ones that he wanted. He said, if I could do all three of them in a lot for $36.99 with free shipping, he would take them. So again, I took the time to create a custom lot just for that purpose and sent him the link. Three DVDs that I own for $1.42 a piece went for $36.99 with free shipping. And now, where's my mouse? There we go. Your flip of the week. Again, DVDs. This was from the big 850 DVD lot that I bought. It's been about a month ago now. A ton of old kind of like vintage Westerns in this lot. Uh, both of these were with James Garner, which is why I think this person bought them both. One little Indian, which also had a very, very young Jodie Foster in it. Uh, and the Castaway Cowboy. These two went for $39.98 total, so $19.99 each on a cost of goods sold total of $0.34. Cents. So, and that, that's, that was literally the biggest sale all last week, $39.98. And I still did over $1,300. So again, to go back to the beginning point of this segment, you can make in volume a, a decent living if you're buying things right. I think Aaron uh, Rebel Junk commented on that Instagram post that I'm kind of the, 
the king of buying the stuff right. My cost of goods sold on most of this stuff is really, really cheap. I think my average cost of goods sold for DVDs is about 34 cents. For books, it's 30 or 31. For CDs, it's like 8 cents. So buying, and again, it's something that you can do in media. You can buy big quantities at low prices. They're relatively easy to store. They're super easy to pack and ship. So media, you know, they're not necessarily big hits ever, uh, but they can add up over time to be a, a pretty huge amount of money if you do it right. So I'm going to jump back into the chat here real quick because I can see there is a ton of comments. Uh, lots of hellos going on. Thank you to everybody that stopped out. Uh, Katie Reeds, Regina Michelle, thank you. Aren't you working, Regina? <laughs> uh, I know you're, you're part-time here. Uh, Aaron, eight packages out today, all under $25. So again, there you go. A little stuff can do really, really well. Uh, Jennifer R says, tell Josie, which is my cat, for those of you that are not following me on a regular basis, that I didn't mean it literally to skin a cat. <laughs> Uh, Josie will be just fine. I, I posted a picture of her. I don't even know what day it was. Uh, she loves my Rubbermaid totes. She, if I put one down on the floor empty, she is instantly in it and she just sits there and stares at me. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what all that is about, but, uh, there you go. Let's get into the business recap. So I mentioned that July was really, really good. And when I went back and totaled everything up, I know a lot of folks have been talking about kind of summer slowdown and, and that is a thing. Um, I watched Mo um, over at Reseller Niche and he did a whole thing on, I think it was 10 things to help get through the summer slowdown. And he had kind of talked about it at the beginning. He wasn't totally sure if it was a thing or not. I think it is. I think retail at large, of course, experiences a, a bit of a summer lull from say Memorial day to labor day, because you've got people off, people are going on vacation. And especially this year, post pandemic, people are out doing some things that they ordinarily wouldn't have been doing over the last year. So the notion of a, a summer slowdown is really a thing until kind of you get into the back to school season. And then those retailers really start to pick up and then you start moving into the fall and towards Q4 and things pick back up. So, but go check out uh, Reseller Niche's channel. He had 10 tips on how to kind of get your summer sales jump started. For me, it was essentially all those DVDs. It was a big lot, a lot of really unusual stuff. And it led to July being my second best month in the two years now I have been reselling. So, the only month that beat it was last December in Q4, right before Christmas. And it was only by a couple of hundred dollars. So a really fantastic July for me. You can let me know in the comments or the chat how your July was. Listings last month, I did 453 new listings over on eBay, which left me at the end of the month with 6,746. I did 428 new listings over on Mercari, which got me to 3,000. 54 listings on Mercari for the month. Total sales were 73, 43 and 66 cents. So just remarkable sales for, again, for the time of year it was and 
sales had been kind of eh, in May. They were a little better in June, but July, obviously, just fantastic. It broke down. Thusly, affiliate income for $23.31. There are affiliate links in the show notes in the description below for things like List Perfectly, Bonanza, eBliss, Reseller Solutions. So if you're inclined to use any of those services, please feel free <laughs> uh, to use my affiliate links. It, it helps a little bit here over at the Galaxy. Bonanza, very slow last month, $49.14, but it wasn't a shutout. Westchester Antique Center um, finally got opened mid-month. It did $115.49. They did give me a couple of weeks of the month free because the construction project took longer. So I'm going to net about $20 for last month over at the Antique Center. So not terrible. Mercari was up to $761.00. For July, which was the best month I have had on Mercari ever by a pretty substantial margin. And again, you know, shameless plug, that is all due to using List Perfectly. I initially transferred, gosh, I don't know, maybe 2,000 listings from my existing eBay catalog using their tool. And now every day I'll do my 15 to 25 new listings over on eBay. And then before I quit for the day, I go into list perfectly and transfer those listings over to Mercari. And sometimes it results in almost instant sales. Uh, both of the items I showed you earlier, that's how they ended up over on Mercari. So it is a worthwhile tool. If you're inclined to check it out, there again is an affiliate link down in the description below. eBay, pretty good month over there, 63.94 and 72 cents. So really strong month overall. Cost of goods sold, $319.11, which left me with a gross profit of $7,024.55, or 95.65%. If you've been following along here for a while, you know that typically my gross profit percentage is 96 to 97%. And one of the reasons that this is a little bit lower this month is I took an $80, almost $85 write-off for overstock books. I had about 300 books that were just really of no value. They weren't even really worth putting over in my antique booth. So I donated those and those came off of my inventory. So it was recorded as a cost of goods sold. I'll write it off later as a donation. Uh, but that affected my cost of goods sold for the month. 95.65% though is still <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, operating expenses for the month were 2810 and 22 cents. Fees were 11, 23.75, shipping 13.57.11 and the rest of it was bank fees and subscriptions and stuff like that. So, net profit for the month 57.39% or $4214.33. So, all in all, and July was just fantastic. Um, again, let me know in the comments or in the chat, or you can email me as always at galaxycds at gmail.com. And let me know what your July looked like. August is not off to that great a start. I'm well behind for the month. I did notice over the weekend, a lot of sellers said that their weekend last weekend was super, super slow. And I experienced the same. Um, I was down, my sales transaction volume was about half over the weekend what a normal weekend looks like. So I don't know. A lot of times it seems like when eBay makes changes 
when they do updates or upgrades or add features, for some reason, it screws up their traffic patterns. I don't, I really don't know what connection there could be with that. But every time they do something like that, I have a dip in sales. They introduced a bunch of stuff last week and I had a lousy weekend. Aaron Rebel Junk asks, is list perfectly deleting sold items on the multiple sites? I it can do that. I don't have mine set up that way. I am manually going in. When I get a notification for sale, I'm only selling on the two, really. Uh, Bonanza does its own thing with eBay. So if I sell something on Mercari, I manually go in automatically and delist it on eBay and vice versa. So that's something I'm doing manually. I see a lot of sellers who are using lists perfectly for that kind of removal of items that have a lot of issues with it working kind of intermittently or, and I don't know how much of it is user error and how much of it is, you know, as sites make updates and they change how they process things. All of these, of course, third-party sites have to then make adjustments in what they do and there's a lag there. So I, I don't know what the cause of it is. But I see a lot of people on List Perfectly's Facebook group that comment that they have some issues with items on multiple platforms when even if they go into List Perfectly and manually try to delete them, they're not getting deleted always. So supposedly it will do that. I don't use it, so I can't speak from personal experience. But anecdotally, it sounds like it can be a little bit problematic over there. So that is going to wrap up today's episode. I want to thank everybody who stopped by to catch this live. And of course, thank everyone who watches it later on down the road. If you are watching it later, I, again, I will go back and add links to all of the articles that we talked about today. So if you want to go back and read those, you can do that. As always, I appreciate everybody stopping by and spending a little bit of time. And I will do one more thing here. I'm going to do the shameless plug if you enjoyed this content, <laughs> uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up button. If you are not a subscriber to either the podcast or the YouTube channel, uh, please help me out and subscribe to the channel. I would appreciate it very much. Um, kind of been s stuck in the mid 500s for a long time. I realize that this is not always the most exciting type of content, but hopefully you find it useful and informative. With that, I'm going to close for the day. I got to get to my listings. I've still got one whole crate of DVDs to get listed from that big buy from a month ago. So it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.